It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Bengals OTA practice on Tuesday was open to the media and there are plenty of takeaways, including who's starting at safety and why that and more in today's episode. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. We'll have you covered every day, although we are in off-season mode just at the moment. Today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNFL, one word, they'll throw in custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumblers with every order. That's pretty cool. You can become an everydayer by subscribing. That becomes much easier when you get the notifications when we upload our content. You can become a first listener. Like I said, just as easy. Get those notifications. And James, today we're going to dive into the open OTA practice that occurred on Tuesday where a few noteworthy things happened. One, I saw clips of Joe Burrow throwing passes without faking a handoff first. So finally... (laughs) We have some evidence that the Bengals aren't going to be a 100% play action and uh, run pass option passing team this year. And two, we, we got some clarification in the locker room and on the field about why Jordan Battle is getting some of those first team snaps that were tweeted about and, and discussed on Tuesday and actually on Monday too because there's a clip of, of Jordan Battle out there with the ones on a play that that the Bengals social media team put out on Monday. First team. This it, it's first team season. I hate it. I think you got the feeling when I was at practice that I hate and, and I I'm not going to name them on the pod, but I certainly know that there are people that I work with that will will not hesitate to oh man, so and so got a first team rep and it's like it's practice. Anyways, it, it is first team rep season and you're right. Uh, the, the safety battle is certainly one of the, the more interesting battles and one of the only ones. I mean, there aren't many 
And uh, certainly with the uncertainty at right tackle, which we can get the Jonah coming up in a bit. He was not there, by the way, for those wondering. He was not there on Tuesday, still optional. But, yeah, I, I, I think that for those that were wondering if Luana Rumo would be willing, open, and not even just willing and open, but actually use three safety sets this season, because there was a lot of talk about it a year ago. Right. And it didn't happen. He just believed in Jesse Bates and believed in Von Bell so much. Not that he's not going to believe in Dax or Nick Scott, but Jordan battles in the mix. And I think that's the takeaway from, from Tuesday's session is that the three safety looks, I think those are coming and it might not even be three safeties in at once. It might just be more of a rotation, much like we talk about defensive line rotation. I think there'll just be certain packages where you see Jordan Battle and you don't necessarily see Nick Scott, certain ones where you might not see Dax Hill out there. Hmm. But it would it would shock me if all three guys uh, don't play a decent amount, and the decent part obviously has to do with Jordan Battle because I think Dax Hill is going to get a ton of reps. I'm not. By the way, I, I didn't mean to say or imply that Dax won't be out there a ton. He will. But is there a scenario or a package where it's Nick Scott and Jordan Battle? That wouldn't shock me. I feel like I would be a little bit surprised. My expectation is that Dax is an every down guy. Actually, a, a safety rotation, period, that, that's significant will be a bit of a surprise to me, just in general. And part of the reason, by the way, that we, we learn Jordan Battle is on the field with the first team on defense in these seven-on-seven seven drills is because Nick Scott is easing back in with the shoulder injury he said at his locker after practice the other thing i wanted to mention james is i mean i saw trenton Irwin out there getting first team reps man i saw i saw drew sample getting first team reps you want to talk about some first team reps just because i know you hate it i'm bringing well, these guys up Th- those guys are out there with with the ones on a couple plays that's not even the one that would be the most shocking the, the biggest headline you ready oh yeah sixth I'm round ready. rookie receiver Princeton graduate Andre Yosevash catches pass with first team offense in seven on seven drill. We could do that. We could yep. say, oh, Joe, because Joe Burrow did throw a, it was around a seven yard pass, eight yard pass to Andre Yosevash and completed it, boom, in seven on seven drills on Tuesday. It, it's just, it's hilarious to me because there's just so many factors, right? Are they just not wanting T. Higgins to run as many routes? Obviously, Tyler Boyd wasn't there. Like, so many different things. So it is it is hilarious that we try to read into it. And, and I think the read is that they're evaluating what they have. You're right. You mentioned Nick Scott's shoulder. But that Jordan Battle gets it to this degree, mm-hmm. right? Because there were only I'll, – I'll say this. There's field one and field two. And you can say first team if you want to. I, I don't want to do that because you need more than 22 guys, and that's all you need for first team, more than 22 guys over there. And on field one with Burrow and Chase and Higgins, there were two rookies. And those two rookies were Jordan Battle and DJ Turner. So that makes sense in a way, right? Chidobe Ouzier obviously coming back from a torn ACL. And then obviously you mentioned the shoulder with Nick Scott. So it it could be something, could be nothing. But I I do think that there is at least some belief in Jordan Battle. Did did Charlie Jones catch a pass from Joe Burrow on Tuesday? Nope. Andre Yosevash ahead of Charlie Jones. Lead story. Headline. YouTube thumbnail. There's an article for you on allbengals.com. 
Oh man. Chuck Sizzle beat out by I, I don't even know. Yosavash Sizzle. That's not gonna work. Nope. Uh Mac Hippenhammer, the undrafted kid out of uh out of Miami. He, he becomes oh, Mac Sizzle. Mac Sizzle works. Yeah. I mean that didn't happen either. <laughs> coined, coined by uh Gus Johnson. Chuck yes. Sizzle. That, by the the way, origin story. It sounds so much better. Like now that I've know that and heard him say it it sounds so much better than the first time i heard you say it shocker you are not on his i'm not gus johnson i know shocker wow really breaking news here on locked on Bengals. first breaking hearts not breaking news man (laughs) come on come on give me your gus johnson impression no that's all right i can't i'm not gus johnson you're right about that coming up next is you're smarter than you look because that would have been (laughs) something i i would have made fun of for a long time i tried to set you up oh i i know my limitations coming up next james a whole lot more to get to out of ocas open day to media some other pieces on the offensive line to talk about uh first round rookie miles murphy on special teams didn't mention him on the team with first teamers, although maybe that was just seven on seven, and that's fine. We'll get into more notes from OTAs on Tuesday coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are perfect for you, whether it's summer, like right now, and you need some shorts that are going to make you look good, feel good, be perfect in keeping you cool. Maybe you want some joggers, which I wear my Bird Dog joggers bird dogs joggers all the time most might be the most comfortable pair of pants i own and i try to get by with wearing them because they are sporty but i try to get by to wearing them to as many family dinners as i can and that's the point with bird dogs is they make you look good they are a a casual feel that is comfortable at the same time they look good enough to where you can get by with them at classy function. So whether you want to talk about their shorts, whether you want to look at their joggers, their pants, they have something for everyone. And all you have to do right now is go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL to check out all of their different products. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you again, birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. James, we have some other notes from OTAs on Tuesday to get into one note. Cal Adamitis in a boot. This is a, a minor injury note. I assume he'll be. He was in a boot fine. last week. He was in a boot last week. Okay. Didn't, just walking didn't discuss that last week. Tanner Hudson, the, long snapping today. I, I'll say this with all due respect to Cal. You're a long snapper. And it's June. Go ahead. He'll be. Okay. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. That's the. He'll, he'll be fine. He was out there. He's just walking around in a boot. That's all. Young guy. Well, Collins also present. You want to go through your attendance notes? 
Real quick, James, Tyler Boyd wasn't there. Jonah Williams obviously wasn't there. Elsie didn't practice but was present. What were the Joe others? Bouzier mm-hmm. was not there. I did not see DJ Reader either. Mm-hmm. Again, this is optional. This is voluntary. Um, it is the word not optional. Voluntary. Next week is mandatory. And and so that's um, those are the guys that, that were missing. But most of the guys have been there and been in attendance and headband Joe Burrow certainly lives on he he looked good by the way we probably should have started there i thought he played pretty well in seven on seven and uh there were a couple of passes that got tipped that i don't necessarily know if they were on him jermaine pratt made a good play mike hilton dropped what should have been an interception but overall i thought he looked pretty in sync with his guys connected with jamar on multiple passes t higgins uh jamar dropped another one that that would have been a nice catch andre yosevash future star had a nice catch so uh, overall, I think Burrow and the offense looked pretty good. Irv Smith in the seam as well. Irv Smith, I forgot that one. Yeah, it was a big play. What were the what were the best plays for Joe Burrow? That that one. I mean, he only got, I mean, maybe three series total. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, so you're talking 10, 12 plays. So uh, not a lot stands out. I mean, I just named a lot of the completions. There were a couple that I probably forgetting, but he just he looks really good. I, I will say this though. And it's something that I noticed a few weeks ago, but I didn't want to come out and say. And I was talking with Joe Daneman of Fox 19. And you don't want to say it because it might just be a one-week thing where he's off-season. And and this is much different than play action because it's directly regarding Joe Burrow. But Joe Daneman of Fox 19 called me over and asked me about it today. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's not just me noticing this. He's throwing from different arm angles. Mm. And, and when I think of Joe Burrow, I think of a guy that wants to be – set and wants to go through his mechanics and that's just part of his game not that he can't go off script or anything of course he can but it it looks like he's working on different arm angles and i'm curious to ask him about it i didn't but uh, something that he might be uh working on one of those small things he might be working on that uh, he might not acknowledge but clearly it's uh it's something that he's done throughout this offseason program it would fit the bill right for the little things that he's worked on year over year for the ways that he's been able to change his game add tools to the toolkit change the way that he approaches taking sacks for example something that changed halfway through the season when he just stopped taking sacks and some people have noticed some people haven't we've talked about it quite a bit is one of the big pieces of joe burrow's evolution last year the knowing when to get rid of the ball where to get rid of the ball getting rid of the ball on time taking Fewer sacks that he doesn't need to take was a, was a switch that he really flipped last year. And so if he's adding some arm angles to his game, we've seen him working on throwing off platform. We've seen them working on bootleg stuff. We've seen them working on him rolling one way, throwing the other way, and, and all those sorts of plays in terms of like the play action stuff that you mentioned as well that we've seen a lot of. Today there were some more clips of them working RPO stuff. And so – wouldn't surprise me if arm angles is part of it. We we did have a nitpicky critique of Joe Burrow last year that he has too many balls tipped at the line of scrimmage. And he and Justin Herbert were two of the league leaders, I think, in, in tipped mm-hmm. passes, uh, despite how tall Justin Herbert is. The, both of those guys in that category. Something that is part of just the offensive approach for the Bengals, I think. A lot of quick game, a lot of defensive linemen knowing when to get into passing lanes. But working on arm angles, something that, can be a tool in the quarterback's toolkit in avoiding some of those bad passes. He's probably annoyed, right? That he threw so many 
non-turnover worthy throws last year that turned into picks because they were tipped. Mm-hmm. He had all that bad, 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 batted pass luck last year because I mean, it was noteworthy. Yeah, he's probably annoyed with that. Yeah, I, I think he was annoyed by the questions too, <laughs> which yeah. um, that alone would probably say, all right, I need to find a way to to fix this. And it is a good point because when you're Burrow and you play at his level, there's only small things you need to tweak. And it it to me, uh, I'll do a, a go with an NBA reference. It would be like if Steph Curry was suddenly getting blocked just a tad bit more than usual and, and defenders were finding a way to deflect his shot. Well, it's really hard because his, his release is so great and all of those things, but he can shoot off platform at a crazy level and, and with different forms. And by the time he gets square, regardless of how he, he takes off from the ground, all of those things that make him the best shooter ever, literally ever. Well, that's probably what Burrow's doing is, yeah, if I'm under pressure here or if it's a set throw, I can make, I, I can anticipate that a hand could go up there. So I'm going to throw from a different arm angle because that's the problem is if defensive linemen can anticipate it and know they're not going to get to Joe and they're going quick game, which is a big part of their offense. And I still mm-hmm. think will be, well, then they're going to, they can anticipate it. But if he's throwing from a different arm angle, it might, might make it much harder or make at least a little harder on defensive linemen. So that's uh, that's one thing. The other is Orlando Brown getting into fools and uh, that offensive line winning, winning much, much more. That was the same transition I was about to make. One thing that could get them away from the quick game and reduce their reliance on the quick game is improving the offensive line. If they can pass block a little bit better, hold up for another 0.3 to 0.6 seconds per play because those are really the margins we're talking about in terms of pass protection in the NFL. There was a quote from Orlando Brown earlier this week talking about the potential of Cordell Volson. We've got Jackson Carmen working exclusively on the right side and just the faintest amount of defensive line, offensive line conflict. Like nothing that you can even really discuss yeah. as, as pass blocking, but they touched each other a little bit. You know, they played patty cake a little bit in the trenches on on Tuesday. It wasn't anything to write home about. But Jackson Carmen working exclusively on the right side. Again, as you would expect with the absences, I think, but somewhat noteworthy there. Yeah, I, th- I think it is noteworthy just because you – you look at Carmen and obviously he came in at left tackle last year, but they've said how he's done both in practice. Sure. But if he's going to be a real threat in this potential competition, he's going to have to far and away, I I think blow it out of the water. Like I think he's going to have to be dominant compared to the other two. And, and so to me, he would be third in the pecking order right now. And um, so we get, we can get the Jonah coming up in a second. Lel was there, like you said, and, um, Overall, the offensive line, the more I think about it, I, I, I kind of getting bullish on him, Jake. Maybe it's because I don't know what good offensive line play is like because I haven't seen it in quite some time uh, professionally, really ever. I, my first full season in the, the Bengals locker room was 2016. And even mm. though they had Witt and Zeitler there, that was not a great offensive line. And it, it well, just got worse and worse and worse. And last year there were signs that it could be better. And obviously Kappa was good. Karras was steady. Cornell showed some some flashes, but I, I think that there's there's another step for this line, and and obviously Orlando Brown Jr. is a big part of that. I talked with him; he's like the nicest guy on the planet, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I have a theory about him. Um, one, I'll just give you a little practice insight. While the guards were doing their, and they were doing like left guard center, then right guard center, and they were going through drills, it wasn't the entire offensive line. 
Orlando Brown Jr. was on the side still taking reps on his own, just working on footwork, hand placement, things like that. I thought that was interesting. The other thing is I think he is just so darn happy to be here and be in Cincinnati and be appreciated. And he wants to have his play the best ball of his career now, because I think for the first time in his career, he feels like he's valued Mm. at the level that he was hoping the whole time. Didn't feel that in Baltimore, wanted to play left tackle last year in past couple years in Kansas city. He played left tackle, but clearly they didn't view him as a franchise left tackle. The Bengals do. And, and so I think he's going to give it everything he has for this organization. Yeah. His motivation intrinsically related to his father related to, you know, his goal is to be a hall of famer. And when you have that kind of internal motivation, inherent motivation, you don't need the contract years, uh, assuming that that is, you know, what, what he's really motivated by. Also noteworthy that he didn't go to the White House with the Chiefs. Said, you know, we had to be here. Didn't want to miss a day of work. But that, that's a pretty cool opportunity, I think, that he passed up on. You don't win the Super Bowl every year, get to go to the White House every year. He'll probably get to do it next year. But, uh, you know. I love how you said that bullish. very cocky. In his mind, I think so. I, I think he's like, hey, win it this year. Yeah, we'll see. We'll just, we'll just you know who next. he's high on. You know who he's high on, and, and I'll Cordell. get some clips together. He is very high on Cordell Bolson, and yeah. so at some point during this show, um, over the next couple of pods, we'll, we'll play a clip. I was able to talk with Orlando, separate from everybody else. Nice. So, so um, all those clips you see, you're not gonna get, but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll play that um, at some point. I'll get it together. So, another piece of the offensive line conversation that we should touch on because he posted a video which is what the people want. He is making good progress in his rehab. That's Jonah Williams, who is expected to be back for mandatory minicamp next week. Let's talk about his progress coming up next. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Jonah, 605-pound squat rack, Williams. That's what that dude was, was squatting. He posted it on, uh, on social media uh, on his story. I believe it was on Monday evening when he did that. And you might say, oh, 600 pounds, that's nothing. Well, Here's why I think it's relevant for a few reasons. And I posted the uh, the video at allbengals.com because it's probably going to be gone from his story by the time this is out. The His knee, obviously surgically repaired, all of those things. Uh, not reconstruction. It's not as serious, nothing like that. But hopefully it, it prevents that kneecap from popping back out like it did last year. And I went back and watched a video he posted on April 24th. And he was squatting 500 pounds four times. Mm -hmm. 
fast forward to now it's 605 pounds. And I, I just, I think it's clear he's putting in the work. He's getting stronger. He's dedicated, even though we don't see it. We're not seeing him take pass sets and work on his fundamentals and working on that right side. He's clearly making progress. And so we'll see if he shows up next week. I expect him to rumor has it that he will, but until he does, you know, he, he hasn't, but if he does show up, I expect him to look good and be in pretty good shape, uh, a really good shape considering, you know, he's coming back from a knee surgery earlier this year. Yeah. He's been rehabbing. He's been working with uh, a trainer named Derek Samuel. His Instagram also has some clips of Jonah as he's gone through his rehab process. Seems like he's doing freak athlete rehab stuff, like doing a speed ladder five weeks out of his surgery. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like an ACL reconstruction. You're right about that. But what, what he had was a medial patellofemoral ligament reconstruction. It's the ligament that holds the kneecap in place is, is my understanding of the surgery he had. So he did have a reconstructive surgery, not as major as like what LC went through, for example, or Joe Burrow or Carson Palmer or Jadobe Abuzier. Not, not like an ACL full knee reconstruction kind of thing, but I, I think that he's doing pretty well with his rehab it is my takeaway from looking at the Instagram post and, and kind of what some other physical therapists said about his rehab and his protocol. Another physical therapist called it an accelerated protocol. Hasn't seen somebody looking as good as Jonah did after five weeks. And this was a few months ago now that he was working on that typically a 12 week rehab from what I understand about this surgery as well. So we're well past that. And, and so for a football player, maybe a little bit more going into it, a little bit more force on the knees than a normal person obviously has to deal with, but should be good if we're talking about minicamp next week. That's a solid 20-plus weeks out from the surgery. Yep, I think I think it's going to be a fun, a, a fun time watching because I, I, there, there are so many people that are low on Jonah because of his trade request, which, by the way, is not still there. It's not like he's like, hey, trade me still. Like, I, I think he kind of knows, like, all right, th- this is it. They're not trading me. I'm going to have to play right tackle, and, and that's it. Now, would he welcome the idea of playing left tackle elsewhere? Probably, but he's familiar with left tackle, so I get it. That said, I, I would be really surprised if Jonah Williams, assuming health, which is a big assumption, I get, but assuming he's healthy, I'd be surprised if he wasn't the starting right tackle. And I know we haven't seen him, but that changes if we see him next week and, and he goes through all the right tackle drills and looks fine. And, and that's what I expect to see next week too. Yeah, we'll see if it's a rotation. We'll see if he needs to work on rehab stuff when he's back in the facility. I assume the first thing they'll have to do is evaluate where he's at, right? Because they and, they'll pro- it, and that's actually a good point. I bet they, they would have him just do rehab stuff next week. That's they don't need very him to possible. go through to go through the – the drills, because uh, you're right, they're not facing defenses. Mm-hmm. So he can get just as much work off to the side. And then they avoid, especially the days, well, the media will be there every day next, mm-hmm. next week during minicamp. So, yeah, I, I actually, I think it'll be rehab field. Hey, Nick Cosgray, you got our boy Jonah. Get him right. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out if he's there or not. He'll probably be there, and, and that might be it. Or maybe he's not in need of rehab. I guess we don't know that for sure. Seems like he's still working with the physical therapist. 
like that, that we were just mentioning. He he referenced the guy's account in the story he posted when he was doing the six hundred and five pound squat, which you said that like it wasn't much weight, James. You're like six hundred five pound squat. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. It is a lot of weight, but I, I think some people just assume offensive linemen they squat, you know, huge, huge, huge numbers, and some do. Mm-hmm. But for a guy coming off of a, a knee surgery, that's a hell of a lot of weight. And yeah, I mean, I've never gotten six. We're not going to get into my squat game, but yeah. it's not that. That's, that's I'll a bench six hundred pounds. pounds. I'll bench six hundred pounds, but I won't squat you'll it. bench it, but you can't squat it. <laughs> hey, it honestly, it benching's always came easier than than those type of squats. He also doesn't go. I don't know. My squats are different. So. It was it was a five degrees past five degrees past ninety degree. Yeah, is what I he, go lower. Five degrees past parallel. But I, but I, athletes like that, like offensive linemen, don't necessarily need to go lower. Like that's the thing is you don't want to. Well, it's also like different. a rehab thing. Yeah, that is probably very controlled. Anyway, we'll see what Jonah Williams does next week. That is something that's going to be fun to watch. As long as he's ready to go for training camp. And really, like week two of training camp, when they start getting into some some contact stuff, then the competition's on, right? Mm-hmm. And and he'll be able to do everything he needs to do to compete. LC's rehab also going to be very interesting to watch. How ahead of schedule? If ahead of schedule is he? Despite what he went through last year, these guys are elite athletes. Even and and you said this, I think, in our last episode, Jim. Even even Orlando Brown who didn't test like an elite athlete for his size compared to you listening to this episode compared to me recording this episode is an elite athlete. So these guys do have that gear in them when it comes to rehab. So it's going to be really interesting to see how LC is healing up when, when training camp rolls around as well to see if he gets into the mix, if he's able to actually get in and, and compete and doesn't have to continue doing rehab work at that point in time. Hope so. Would love it. That would be, Best case scenario is you have a competition between guys that are proven in this mm-hmm. league, even if they might not be proven at, at right tackle like Jonah. And, um, yeah, I think that's why Jackson Carmen, hopefully you're making quite an impression, my man, because the, those other two guys are coming and both have uh, established themselves in the league, even if some people are forgetting what, uh, what Jonah's done and what he did in 2020 and 2021. If those guys are healthy and Jackson Carmen wins the job. Zero chance. I will be very bullish on Jackson Carmen this year. Zero chance. I'm just letting you know. That's what I'm saying. If that happens. If they're both healthy, that is like you. I could see him like Jonah getting traded and Jackson finding a way to beat out Lau because Lau's still hobbled and not the same. Like we saw that with Trey Hopkins a few years ago. It's hard to get back and beat that dude. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying is like if they're healthy and he won the job, he would be playing out of this world. And that would be good for him. Yeah, that'd be great, great for him, right? It's also and great for Joe Burrow. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Not very likely. They'd be like if Jackson Kirkland can be an All Pro as a rookie right. undrafted. You know, that's it's, right. It might not be that high, uh, but it's close. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Man. Sorry, Jackson Carmen. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We've got one more episode this week, like I mentioned at the top of the show and in our earlier episode this week, we're in off-season mode at the moment. But if anything does break in the meantime, we're currently on a three-episode-a-week schedule. We will have you covered with the extra episodes as needed if it's big enough news. So 
Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Maybe we'll have a little bit extra for you for minicamp next week. We'll see. We'll see how the schedule goes. We'll see what happens. Thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.